The Rebrand Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, and I Hear Everything production. This podcast tells the stories of world-changing marketing campaigns as told by the people who build them. In each episode, you'll hear an earful of brilliance from a marketer who has brought an iconic brand to life. Ready to hear the secrets and untold stories behind the brands you love? Then sit back, relax, and get ready for the rebrand. Here's the host of the Rebrand Podcast, the CEO of the Harkey Group, Scott Harkey. All right, welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, where we tell the stories of world-changing brand campaigns and brand-building strategies as told by the marketers who built them. I'm your host and founder of the Harkey Group, Scott Harkey. And over the next few days, we're going to dissect different brands. Joining us is our producer, my good friend, Benjamin Shapiro, who is the CEO and the executive producer at I Hear Everything, which is a new media network that combines impact of audio with the power of digital content to connect creators and brands with their target audience. The Rebrand Podcast, as you know, is also a I Hear Everything network of podcasts. All right. Yesterday, Ben and I talked about the NFL as a brand. We were all over the place on the NFL. It was a lot of fun. I do think we pulled some insights out. Today, we're going to continue our conversation with Ben and we're going to talk about eBay. So all things eBay. I know I've bought... I used to sell stuff as a kid in high school on eBay. So I'm excited about this eBay conversation. All right, here's my conversation with Benjamin Shapiro, CEO and executive producer at I Hear Everything. What's up, brother? Hey, Scott. How are you? Good. Good. Let's jump right into eBay. We had our pleasantries last time. What do you think? I mean, let's really break this down. I mean, there's so many... I love how there's so many tech companies we talk about from San Francisco because I, I just think they, they understand the amount of money it takes to build a great brand from scratch. And it's a lot. It's not just about the tech platform. But it's about people ultimately believing you're the biggest and the best and next, you know, revolution. So let's talk about eBay. Yeah, eBay has a soft spot in my heart and always will because it was really the start of my career. It was the first time that one job led to the next job as opposed to me just bouncing around. I worked at eBay. My first day, I believe, was actually the the 10 year anniversary of the company being founded. So I was kind of there at the late peak and sort of the on the way down. I don't want to take all the credit for the you know the demise of the brand, um, but I learned an incredible amount about branding from eBay and, and about consistency and alignment. And I think it's a really interesting case study in how to build a brand and then what happens, you know, as your business matures and, and maybe some of the failures and how a company doesn't really protect that brand. Who was the CEO when you were there? I was there at the end of Meg Whitman, who is incredibly intimidating in person. And maybe I was a 25, 26-year-old guy. First time I'd met like a real bigwig CEO. Meg's got a firm handshake and, and you know, I'm 6'2". We're, we're about the same height. We're kind of eye level. And you sit down and, and you just feel Meg's presence. And she she definitely, we talked yesterday about the NFL, about getting everybody on the same page and alignment and how much that matters to the brand. And it's like what Meg says, everybody did for better or for worse. Meg was there and then 
after she left, it was John Donahoe, who was definitely different, but also a good leader as well. That's cool. I, I know what you're talking about in terms of presence. And when the leader, when you meet a CEO or any leader that just kind of has that, like that energy, you feel it like crazy. To a similar experience I had at, uh, at the Masters and I had a, a chance to very quickly meet Condoleezza Rice. Oh my gosh, like probably the most presence I've ever felt from anyone I've met in the history. Like again, when you shook my hand and just like she she was a freaking badass. So I'm kind of picturing like from Meg Whitman's standpoint. Going going back to Meg, you know, and the difference between Meg and John, two different leaders and two different times in the company's history. I felt like I was going to pee my pants when I met Meg. I was just nervous and she just, you know, I, I was intimidated. And then I had been at the company for like three or four years before I had another executive meeting. I was one of 13,000 people that worked at the organization. And eventually I was working on the eBay Skype integration and I had a meeting with John and he came in with his fly down and said, sorry, I had an executive uh, boardroom meeting. Then he pulled his fly up and sat down. And so like with Meg, I felt like I was going to pee my pants. And when I met John, I felt like he was going to pee his pants. (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. So, okay. So working at a tech company like that, what's it like being early in? Like, how do you think they found such success? And what I always ask, not always, what a lot of times I ask technology people is, is, was it it truly differentiating technology or was it the brand that had good technology that made it successful? I think of eBay and to go sort of in the eBay history lesson, there's three distinct phases. There's the the founder-led phase, Pierre Omidar, created the website, built a product, found product market fit, and the the business started to scale because he was right person, right place at right time. And so people needed an online auction house and he had created the technology that made that possible. And so you had this sort of, I don't want to call it meteoric rise, but a, a fast ascension. When Meg Whitman came to the company, that's when the meteoric rise started. She was ex-Disney. And I think she was also at Bain Consulting, and that's where she met John Donahoe, who's the the next CEO. But everything during Meg's time was still focusing on the technology. It was still a tech company, but building the brand, establishing the brand. No one changes the colors. We don't change the logo. There's like all of the standards that now I think are kind of commonplace and, and known. But at that time, Meg taking the traditional brand approach to a tech company wasn't something that we normally saw. That standardization hadn't happened. And so focusing on building the eBay brand, focusing on the reputation, making sure that all the stories were sort of in line and that there was a heavy focus on PR. There was a lot of television. There wasn't a lot of internet marketing early on. And then the third wave, once the company had sort of found critical mass and was struggling to scale, that's when it really started invested, investing into internet marketing and technology. And I was kind of there primarily for the third wave. And we were basically able to buy into a little bit more incrementality. But at some point, it just became too much. And people wanted a different user experience. And that's where Amazon started to dominate and eBay started to trickle down. So, you know, I do think that from a branding perspective eBay was able to live its best life because of the power of the eBay brand and the focus on, you know, traditional brand channels, not necessarily internet marketing, which feels counterintuitive for an early tech brand. Hmm. So it's almost like they had great technology and then scaled it with great marketing. A brand is kind of what I'm I'm hearing you say. You have to have both. 
Yeah. I mean, yes. Whether it's technology or just a kick-ass product, right? Lots of companies are able to operate without technology. Not everybody is a tech company. Coca-Cola had a great product that everybody seemed to like and built a wonderful brand. It's not a tech company. No, that makes sense. Were there any other insights while you were there from a from a marketing or brand perspective that you were impressed or any beliefs or... When I started training at eBay, I remember there was like, I think it was like a two-day seminar of like, what are the eBay corporate values? People are basically good. I think that was one of them. There was like, I, I totally am blanking on them. There was four or five values or something that were like, every single person had to sit through classes before they got assigned to their desk to understand the eBay values. And then there was like the legal training and all all of that fun stuff. That, But basically in the onboarding perspective, one of the first things that you started with was, this is who eBay is. This is what we believe as an organization. And that sort of got everybody off on the same footing. What I think is the most interesting part of the eBay brand story is about what happened when eBay tried to expand beyond eBay. To me, that's where eBay lost its footing, lost its way and started to deteriorate as a brand and became sort of a cash cow instead of the primary focus of the company. Now, they bought they did buy PayPal though. That was a that was a pretty good acquisition. It was an amazing acquisition. It saved and, their ass. And it saved their ass and it buried them at the same time. Talk to me about that. Well, eBay bought PayPal and PayPal was incredibly important, but it was the payment service. It was a feature of eBay essentially, right? It was the vast majority of PayPal payments were through eBay. And this is before PayPal sort of became its standalone app. Was the PayPal mafia and Elon Musk and those like, that's kind of how he started, obviously. Were they early on with tech and they got into eBay and convinced him to use their platform? I mean, that was pretty genius. And then ultimately them buying them. I think what happened was people were putting on their eBay listings, pay me through PayPal. And it wasn't an integration. And then people started sort of hacking around that there was no easy way to pay on eBay. And then at some point, eBay enabled a PayPal integration. And then there were like three different times that eBay talked or PayPal tried to sell to eBay and they wouldn't buy them. And then the third time it was this you know massive exit where it was like 85% or 90% of eBay payments. And that was a great business decision was buying the payments provider and, and basically being able to serve the entire transaction. So that to me made a lot of sense. Where eBay, I think, went off the rails was eBay didn't just buy PayPal. They bought Craigslist. They bought a bunch of other classifieds or they continued to try to buy their way into e-commerce. They bought StubHub. All e-commerce ticketing, transactions, auctions, all sort of related. eBay at some point early in my journey there, I was at eBay for seven years. I think about three years in, eBay bought Skype. And I think it took the company off the tracks. They bought Skype and said, okay, we're going to start being a holding company. We're not going to be e-commerce. We're not going to be e-commerce and payments. We're not going to be e-commerce payments and classifieds. We're going to be finance, commerce, and communications. And it was a $2 billion acquisition. It was a total distraction for the executive team. Meg Whitman left shortly thereafter, after the Skype acquisition was a flop. They ended up selling it to private equity. Microsoft ended up buying Skype. And it totally took eBay off of the focus on what the core product is. And I, to me, that's the lesson of the eBay brand. There's an incredible rise, you know, this new innovative technology, a new way to do e-commerce. 
And then they stopped being eBay and started being a holding group. And the holding group didn't necessarily, the assets that they were buying didn't necessarily nest into each other and make logical sense. And I was in the middle of that. My responsibility was the eBay Skype integration on the eBay side. It was an effing train wreck. Nobody knew what they were supposed to do with that thing. Whereas Bob Iger with Disney bought things that made sense for Disney's brand, like when he bought Marvel, when he bought, I forget the name of Star Wars, George Lucas films, it was easy to integrate and it was what they did. Where it sounds like eBay stretched and bought things that weren't kind of part of their platform or essential to their audience. Or It would be know. like if Bob Iger at Disney decided to buy Safeway because he <laughs> wanted to compete with Walmart and Amazon. Yeah. But yeah. what does okay. Safeway and groceries have yeah. to do with Disney and entertainment? Yeah, that makes sense. It was, it was a yeah. departure. And to me, that's really the story of the eBay brand is... What can go wrong when you lose focus? Hmm. And from an audience standpoint, they still have audience, but from a e-commerce percent of sales with what Amazon did so quickly, maybe when they weren't as focused, was were they are a company that haven't maximized their value in today's market where, versus where they were 10 years ago? There was a big difference in the way people wanted to execute commerce as the internet matured. The one swipe buying the I can find old used stuff on eBay. But if I want something new, and I want it here quickly, and I want it standardized, that's where prime really set Amazon off on a different trajectory was the eBay's old tagline is whatever it is, you can get it on eBay. And that meant whatever old used item in people's mind, you could find it on eBay, they didn't do a good enough job saying it's not just used items at auction. It is everything that you can buy in a simplified format. And Amazon really took that and ran with it of like, it's the everything store. And that's why Amazon became a bigger deal. They made the transaction process, the search process so much easier that people just defaulted to buying on Amazon instead of thinking of different places to buy on the internet. That makes total sense. And a major mistake, obviously, they could have been new and used and everything. And then Amazon, they wanted it fast click of the button, it's at your damn house. And they, they crushed them, obviously. Okay, I like it. Any other marketing lessons from eBay that maybe people could take away from this? Yeah, you know, to me, again, I, I have a soft spot in my heart. There was a... And this probably happens to a lot of big companies. There was a talent drain at eBay when the brand started to deteriorate. And it's... I don't know whether it was the stock started to leave. So, you know, all the sort of elite talent that had accumulated at eBay went other places. The alumni network at eBay is unbelievable, right? I I consider myself to be an eBay alum, like I do consider myself to be an alumni of Boston University, right? Like I feel close to the people that worked there with me, but also the people that are there now. But at some point, the elite talent in Silicon Valley was going to eBay and Yahoo, and eventually you threw Google and Facebook into that mix. And they started to leave eBay at some point. And to me, it was right around when Amazon started, you know, having its meteoric ascension. And then when eBay took their eye off the prize. And that to me is is the lesson is it's not just sales. It's the people that are going to be attracted to your organization. If you if you lose focus and you don't continue to innovate. You're going to lose the people that are most valuable to the company. So I'm going to jump in here and just say this, that the transition from being a good marketer to a great marketer 
is really the transition, I think, for me and friends of mine and, and where I've considered myself going from a good marketer to, I think, a pretty good marketer. Well, we won't say great, but it's really the understanding That's of being a, <laughs> a good business person, right? And as you've seen a lot of CFOs get into the CEO suite, and you've seen a lot of CMOs go to CEO and the difference. And I always challenge marketing people and even challenge myself at the top of the list, like how can I be a better well-rounded business person and think about talent and competition and differentiation and focus and some of the basic finance. And then I think great CMOs, really good marketing people can get alignment. And when alignment's not there from a business perspective, it's going to be really hard for great marketing to happen. And the best marketers that I've seen and interviewed even on some on this show, you know, Eric Dickens as being one, Todd Davis at, at LifeLock being another, Casey Huberis from, from Rocket Mortgage. They're unbelievable business people. And there's so much to building a brand beyond getting people to be part of your tribe or getting people to buy something or getting people to be part of an email list. And how can we as a community continue to challenge each other to understand the business dynamics? I mean, one major frustration that I have in the ad agency business. And I now meet with people. I've had two meetings a week in the last month with ad agency owners and professionals about just the basics of their business in terms of how it's evaluated, how profit is calculated and valued at the end of the day, what their business could be worth if they were to sell it. I mean, I'm talking to people that have been in the business 40, 50 years who are unbelievable marketing people. But yet, the basic part of their business, they don't truly understand the dynamics of what their multiple of EBITDA is worth or what an acquisition target could be. How are they building to sell? I mean, and so again, and there's a lot for me in terms of, of how to really cultivate and inspire talent that I needed to learn. So, you know, hopefully this podcast will, will dive into a lot of these things and talk to people really in the trenches doing it or who've been at some of the biggest companies in the world like eBay with Benjamin or others who are leading big companies. So we can continue to be more rounded business people so we can be great marketers. And that's where I want to challenge myself too. But hearing things like eBay, I mean, they just lost their way from a business standpoint and the brand died. So I think this is a good kind of reminder. If you have even a 20-person company, do you have talent leaving? Are you losing focus or... Like for me, am I being too acquisition driven and not thinking about some core things right in front of us? So failure is a, a great teacher. And uh, rather than going through it ourselves over and over again, let's look at some other ones. So I'm glad we dove into this, Benjamin. And I think we'll wrap up because we got another great podcast tomorrow with Benjamin. We're going to dive into some other brands. And thank you, Ben, for doing this and challenging us to do this and, and connect more often. So we can dive into stuff. So we're going to wrap it up. The Rebrand Podcast. We're going to tell Ben, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. We always love having him on. He's the CEO and executive producer of I Hear Everything. Part 3 of this interview. we got one more. We're going to publish it tomorrow. We're going to continue this series. And we're going to talk about something a little more controversial. We're going to talk about brand teardowns. But we're going to talk about Trump. <laughs> so it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. We've talked about eBay and, and its pros and cons. We talked about the NFL and, and some things they've survived through. So let's just get right into it with Trump uh, tomorrow. 
Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to the Rebrand Pod and we'll have all the summaries and information from our guests. You can subscribe to our newsletter or if you want to talk about the most impactful marketing campaign, you can apply to be a guest speaker. Of course, you always can reach out on social media. Our, our handle is at Rebrand Pod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Or you can hit me up directly on LinkedIn. I'm Sharky AZ. I'm also on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. Just look up Scott Harkey. Uh, if you haven't subscribed and you want a daily stream of marketing brilliance in your podcast feed, we publish an episode every day during the work week. So please hit that subscribe button. We'll be right back at you in the next business day. Okay, that's it for today. But remember, it's never too late to rebuild, reboot, or rebrand.